Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed. This is Marek Larwood. Hello, listeners. And this is Miss Danielle Ward. Hello. Hello. Danielle Ward's back as a special treat. As a treat just for once, because I live here. <laughs> That's right. And it'd be awkward if you <laughs> And normally I go. leave the house when you're recording this, because I hate it so much, but I thought I'd stick around today. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Oh, well, oh. I mean, that's grateful. That's gratitude for you. Yeah, I didn't mean the podcast. Oh, <laughs> just hate us. Oh, that's as fine. As people. That's fine, yeah, yeah. As, yeah. as people. As I hate people. the conversation. Yeah. What? Oh, me too. <laughs> I mean, no one listens to this conversation. No. And, I mean, and Buddy the dog is also here to complete uh, the group, but he's a bit damp from yeah. the rain. Um, well, we're going to talk about films uh, today. Danielle has brought in a film for us to talk about and... Once in a blue moon, this happens. We've all been oh, to the cinema to see the same film. We've seen the same bloody film. It's almost like professionals or something. I can't believe we've all been to see. I'm trying to think of what a funny film that's out recently that would be. But I can't. I don't know. Now you, you know. see me too. Can't believe we all went to see Now You See Me Too. Yeah, we did. We were the we only did. people in Britain to go <laughs> watch this film. Can't believe yeah. we all went to see that Emma Watson film that no one saw. What was that? It's a film about something. And it now you don't see me. <laughs> took 47 quid in its opening weekend. Wow. That's not a general release, though. No. Was... I mean, if that was available in all cinemas and it took 47 quid, Emma Watson's star has seriously fallen. Yeah, no. Um, okay. I think you could see it on a bus or something. <laughs> what do you mean, on a bus? I think you had to buy a ticket on the bus and you could watch oh, it. Oh, I see. Um, well, we all went to see the new Ghostbusters. Uh, controversy beacon, Ghostbusters. I know. Uh, where should we start? Where should we start talking about this? Do we need to tell people what Ghostbusters is? A really rough version of what it is. Yeah. Okay, it's about four human beings who discover ghosts are real. Ghosts and demons. And decide to hunt them using their scientific know-how. Yeah. It's sort of and their black friend. That's right. That's that's the that's how it works. I couldn't work out whether it's a remake. What is it? It's sort of it's got nods to the past. 
It's not really a remake, but then parts of it are so close to being a remake. Dude, have you not seen the remake of The Fly or the remake of The Thing or the remake of Rope? Like, this happens all the time. But this is very much a movie from the last ten years um, because Star Trek was exactly the same, where it is both a remake where they've recast those actors but also have the previous actors in them in it so they can go, I approve this message. Yeah. Uh, it's, very, it's a very odd fan service place for uh, for art yeah. well film art yeah. pop I, art I hated that stuff that was one of the worst bits for me every single cameo I thought was rubbish they're all in there as well yeah, all they? of them they're rubbish and all the not- apart from Rick Moranis still not out of retirement um, good for him I'll tell you my thoughts on the uh, cameos um Howard Ramos's head was great. His, his yes. I assume that was his galvanised head. Yeah. That was his real galvanised yeah. head. Bill Murray, I thought, was great. Bill Murray as the I was right with Bill debunker. Murray. Okay. I did not recognise Dan Aykroyd to the point where I sat in the cinema going, I can't believe Dan Aykroyd's not in it. What? What a really? shun. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea until Dave said he is in it. He's like, the taxi driver. No, I, I didn't realise that was I didn't mind the receptionist lady in the in the Janine, Janine, yeah. yeah. I didn't understand Sigourney Weaver's character. Yeah, she was supposed to be just a mental scientist mentor. It didn't quite. It's, do you know what? I'm going to come down on the side of politics. I'm so over the moon that this film culturally exists. It wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, but um, I, I just can't. If you're if you're a 12 year old girl and you watch this film, you're going to be so excited. That is absolutely like what girls with like laser things and they get in a car and well, and know, they can uh, you know young girls can go. I want to I want to be a nuclear physicist when I grow yeah. up rather yeah. than I'm going to be a princess or, or a receptionist. And that's why I wish it had no cakes. yeah it had no nods to the other one. Yeah. I wish they'd gone. Do you know what? Let's just make it. Let's not have to go. Oh yes, hello, Bill Murray. Or oh, this is the old fire station. But also a nod to the logo, the car, the fire station. Don't explain all that stuff. It was, it was so many. Of it. I, it was like, my favourite like bit of that. Street, and yeah. you love that. Yeah, that's true. Twenty One Jump Street was yeah, you very did, similar. Didn't you? So yeah, put it in your like dick and smoke it. Put it in your dick and smoke it, as they say. Well, I wouldn't do that. I maybe hit it with a hit it with a uh, hammer. Put it in your dick and hit it with a hammer. Okay. Tape it to a wall. My favourite bit of fan service was the exposition of where the boiler suits came from. A thing that was not necessary. You can just turn up in boiler suits, and we can assume you bought them or found them. Yeah, I that think didn't bother me at all. It was I found really it weird me. because they've made a whole thing about how um, Kristen Wig, as I think we all know it is pronounced now, yes. uh, gets covered in gunk, and so it makes sense that oh, I've bought your boiler suit so you don't get covered in gunk and no okay, problem with it fair enough um, have you guys seen Paul Feig's other films he's the director of this who also co-wrote it to me it feels very much like a Paul Feig film more than it feels like a Ghostbusters film which isn't a bad thing but it is it's one of his movies isn't it I don't know what a Ghostbusters film is though well a film that feels like Ghostbusters 1 or 2 I guess Ghostbusters 2 doesn't feel like Ghostbusters 1 I don't know it it's not like Back similar. to the Future the Back to the Future films all feel like Back to the Future films well, I don't know I think they all feel they feel like a package have you seen Paul Feig's what films ones he done? The Heat is him yes I have yes. Spy is him yes I have seen that um, is Bridesmaids Bridesmaids is him, Bridesmaids is him. Oh, I've seen all of his you stuff you don't like any of those films do you Mark? No, I did really like The Heat you did? Yeah. I loved it. I thought, the Heat is my favourite of, really of his films. I absolutely yeah. love it. I, I um, and this is why I feel a bit sad. For me, Ghostbusters ranks third of the fourth. So The Heat's my favourite one. Yeah. Spy is my second favourite. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I... <laughs> you don't... Spy's I did not like Jason Spy. Statham is... But um, what is her name? Rose Byrne is so funny. Yeah, when, really when Rose funny. Byrne and Melissa McCarthy get a double act in it, it... Goes Those up a bits level. Are really, really. Oh, it goes up two levels. Like, the men, are, the men are sort of holding that film back a bit. They're all fine. There are no bits in um, Ghostbusters that made me laugh as much as the bit on the plane in Spy, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is really funny. I think that both Ghostbusters is just a quite good film. That's so it's really hard to criticise. It hasn't. The critics can't really get their teeth into it and rip it yeah. apart. It's not bad. The people who want to get behind it can't really say it's excellent. Yeah, it's just a quite good. I would give it a six or a seven. My main problem... I, I love Kristen Wiig. I love Miss, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. I think they're brilliant. I wish they were let loose a bit more. My biggest problem with this film, as I think it had one of the most annoying 
performances I've seen at the cinema, which is Kate McKinnon as Hulksman. Every time she came on screen, me and my girlfriend thought, just stop that overacting kookiness. Oh, I hated it so much. I really enjoyed Hulksman. She was fucking shit. Oh, so oh. I, I had a similar thing with you. But I, for me, Hulksman's character on on the page is nothing. There's nothing there. So Kate McKinnon's bringing any single trick that she has got. Too as many, performer. though, man. Maybe too many, but that's a writing and directing problem. I, 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 I think there's so much about Kate McKinnon that I love. And the scene, the big fight scene is incredible. Like you That's her see, best scene. That's yeah. her best scene. Yeah. But I agree with you. Like The things that every, everybody's been saying to me, oh, she's really funny in it. And I found it like, oh, cr- a bit, bit Cring- grating. Really yeah. cringy. She's just putting all these kooky faces and weird faces and gurning all the time. I don't, know what, her ca- I don't know what her character is. But Harold Ramis, she's a Harold Ramis character. Well, he was they're quite, not quite tight for type, no, are they? No, they're not. But, yeah. but he, she's sort of more the scientist. He was a cop. They're I think awesome. if she'd have played it small and just done the odd yeah. look and th- done the other way around, it would have been a lot more powerful that when she attacked the, sorry, spoilers, when she sort of fights... The, the big fight. The, the, the ghost. Thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's a spoiler. When she fights the ghost. Um, I've got a theory about that uh, awesome fight sequence with their special weapons. Um, mm. I think it was tacked on later. And I'll tell you for why. I've read that uh, you know the there's a this isn't a spoiler right there. There's a Chris Hemsworth dance sequence over the credits that is is quite odd that he's quite so dominant in the credits when it hasn't been his film. Yeah, and that's because they shot that entire dance sequence at a cost of millions of dollars, and it, Paul Feig said it's the biggest decision of his career to cut it from the film because it made that character too dominant because uh, it's about the women. Yeah, so. If you take that as as gospel, there's a big old set piece hole in their script, and I think the colonial ghosts with their new weapons shooty thing was put in that hole. And I'll tell you why: because the scene where they set up that they all get basically action figure unique weaponry yeah. um, is utterly isolated as well. There's a there's a sort of weird bodge into it Melissa McCarthy says as they approach that scene Um, so the mayor said this so we should do this scene now and you don't see those weapons in any other shot apart from in that alleyway and then in that pretty damn awesome basically music video sequence it's an incredible Um, scene and that's 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 the scene that made me up until that like as an as a young girl watching it I would love Kate McKinnon as an adult watching it I was like Oh, it feels to me like she's got nothing going on in the script and she's trying everything she can to make herself relevant. Oh, it was just the way she moved. It was really, really fake. And I thought, I, I'm surprised. The first thing I did after I watched it was look up Kate McKinnon and thought, has she been really slagged off this movie? Because I couldn't stand it. Really ruined it for me. I had a really big problem with Chris Hemsworth's character, as I was saying to Dave yesterday. Yeah. Um, I found the stupidity too. To, that's a different it film. Too, it was too much. Too much. It it, was that's Man. Yeah, that was a, yeah. And that's the problem. Like, if you buy into the world of Ghostbusters, which are, these are all clever. So there's lots of really funny jokes, and, and the best jokes in all Paul Feig films are when you've got a bit of deadpan, weird, stilted dialogue between two characters. That's there's always, a reality to it. There's a groundedness yeah. to the, the best bits. So the mayor's assistant. She's really funny. Yeah. She's got some great deadpan lines. I liked Andy Garcia as the mayor, actually, as well, just with how his sort of shit-kicking grin, where yeah. actually he's just kicking to stay afloat. You know? So they're, like, they're the best bits in any of these films, are the, are the stilted sort of awkward dialogue. Um, in the heat, the bit around the dinner table when she goes to Melissa yeah, McCarthy's yeah. house. It's such a brilliant, funny scene. Um, Chris Hemsworth being a person so mentally deficient they would have died it, by now. It was brick. I just couldn't. It was sort of... Um, it, was it, brick, yeah. it was attractive brick. It was all at um, the start. I really loved the Mike Hat uh, bit. That, that made me really laugh. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was um, good. It was, it was too... Can I bring Mike Hat? We, we should we should say there's quite a lot of spoilers. We should yeah, say it earlier, yeah, yeah. maybe. Well, fine. <laughs> I mean, not, not really. I mean, the, the, there aren't really spoilers apart from joke spoilers because I don't think... Um, I think Paul Feig has a slight problem with story in that he he's afraid of tension. Um, there's very uh, the Heat is the the film that does it best. Yeah. It's the only film where you fear these people could get hurt. Um, of his. Yeah. Um, where he he it's it all feels a bit sitcom safe. 
you know, which which is a shame when you have a story about your characters being put in jeopardy. Because if you don't believe it at all, this isn't really a film, it's a ride. If you're not feeling it, you're just sort of acknowledging acknowledging sort of it on a surface level and going, okay, what happens next? It's not quite the same experience, I is it? it's really difficult making... A- like there's two ways you can go with a comedy film you can go um, Life of Brian Anchorman just yeah. go for the gags and make it as funny as possible or you go for a sort of gross point blank yeah. really funny but also has got or like the, I do think The Heat is a brilliant film yeah. um, but there's real, you're right there's real tension and for me Ghostbusters falls between the two because there are things that belong in a different film it's funnier than the original in terms oh, of yeah. the gag rate but I love the, the original so. I but the original it. finds a different it finds a reality to a groundedness to what's going on and you there is a tension to what's happening I even think. the ghost stuff is, is better and more uh, in the original Ghostbusters I think the I'd, the whole way the ghosts appear is a lot more thought and a lot more the whole the portal in the fridge you know and the yeah. eggs cooking and stuff like that but the, it's far more horror movie tropes rather than uh, sort of I don't know what you could Scooby-Doo which this was more Scooby-Doo this was um, very Scooby-Doo there were moments when it nearly went there um, these aren't spoilers because they're just moments but for instance Melissa McCarthy uh, is alone in the building and suddenly there's a noise from the toilets and it starts to be a horror movie but only for about 20, 30 seconds and then it abandons it entirely and goes to Scooby-Doo again and you just go I would have liked it to have had that tension because then the release when they are ultimately victorious or not uh, is that much more satisfying yeah. you know I, I don't know it's, it's just a balance of what you want your film to be I guess but I, mean, I actually found this quite a joyful ride I, I didn't find it annoying at all I, I did find it sort of exciting to have four characters who uh, are all women and all have different jobs and personalities like so, yeah no that's, one's getting married yeah exactly no one no one really wants to give up science and open a cake shop which uh, Paul Feig's been uh, guilty of that kind of bullshit in the past as well I um I I wanted it to be so much better than it was it's not it's not bad it's a really you're right it's a 6 7 it's a fun film if you are and it is more of a kids film than an adult film if you're a young girl watching it, you're going to fall in love with this film. I think I, I agree. I think that's it's absolutely like Frozen, right. it, it, and it's going to be culturally huge. And um, it makes me so happy that there are loads of boys out there who uh, curse on your penises, boys. <laughs> I, I'm glad it's ruined your childhood. I hope that they remake every single film that you. Hey, boys! I hope they remake every film that you love, and I hope they. Shove them up your dicks. Why do you right. think? Why I'm going to make Anna Green Gables called Dan of Green Gables. He's a red-haired guy. He goes and spunks all over everything. Why do you and think <laughs> those guys who you're talking to listen to this podcast? I bet some of them do. I bet some of you do. It's all right. It's all right. Let go. Well, I, don't, I don't mean people that listen to this. Yeah. I bet they do. They've stopped listening by now, anyway. Hopefully. Oh yeah. I mean, as soon as they heard a woman's voice, they'd have turned <laughs> off and just skipped to the next time. Um, I don't know. Marek, his name's Marek. Simon Fielder's on. Oh, right, okay. Simon Fielder is really the go to <laughs> masculine guy. <laughs> Who is our most masculine friend? <laughs> Justin. Justin Edwards. Justin right? Edwards. Yeah. I mean, he was he was killed by a woman in a film. Oh, well, not him then. Anyway, <laughs> this, like, there's. Uh, with my film critics hat on, yeah, Kate McKinnon's character. Ooh, I, I enjoyed I it. I, it's it's a it's an acquired taste, I guess, but I, I, it didn't annoy me, and I suppose that's the difference. I really love the fact that, um, like the, rather than just take the the relationships that as they stand, because I think a thing that a lot of people when they're trying to be progressive with films will go, well, just um, change all the male characters into women. Uh, just change it like they did obviously famously with Ripley that's the thing yeah, that they yeah. did do that and then you've got a female character it's like well no then you've got a character who in this world their gender is irrelevant but women do exist and they are different from men and I love the fact that it is about their friendship and that isn't a male story and it doesn't have to be a male story it feels very influenced by Frozen in that regard where, yeah. where big money cinema can go oh yeah if we, mean, if we if we imply that women exist, we'll make more money. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad they didn't make it basically four blokes. Yeah, yeah, with, with tits. tits. Yeah, blokes with tits. That's a different film. That's, that will be the next lot of it. 
what, God, the transgender the one. transgender busters. Like, absolutely, you know, I, I really want them to remake the Goonies, just with all women, even the women in it already, all women. Well, who would play female um, slot? Um, Miranda Hart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, on that note, I think it's time for this. From Connor, he says, Gentlemen, buddy and guest. Hey! I present to you the IMDb Top 250 game, Eye of the Duck, Special Edition. Oh, What is this? Well, the IMDb Top 250 game mm-hmm. is one we invented where uh, you go to the IMDb Top 250 films of all time and count down from number one, and as soon as you hit a film you've not seen, its ranking is your score. Oh, I think mine's really low. It's the second most popular game after football worldwide. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so this is Connor's Eye of the Duck Special Edition. The, I, the idea of this game is that listeners pick a film from the IMDb Top 250 list and say what they think the Eye of the Duck is. The clue is in the title of the game. What? What's an Eye of a Duck? I think you can explain it better than I can, but for those who have never heard of the term Eye of the Duck, I'm one. In short, it was a phrase coined by David Lynch to describe that one... That one scene in a great film that captures its essence. Oh. The best example I've heard is the one you gave on a previous show. Namely, the scene in Gross Point Blank where John Cusack looks in the mirror and repeats his mother's words, You're a handsome devil, what's your name? It's a great scene. That. If I can go first, I'd say the Eye of the Duck scene in Godfather 2 is the flashback to Vito's surprise birthday party in the early days of World War II. The scene comes right at the end of the film and really puts into stark relief all the damage that Michael has done to himself and the family in filling the power vacuum left by his father. His actions have destroyed the most important thing in his world, the fabric of his family. And Fredo sticking up for him in the face of the brutish Sonny is heartbreaking, given what we have just seen. The scene gleams with pathos and all the strengths of the film, and for me is the eye of the duck. I'd be interested to hear your entries in this game and to hear also if you agree with my choice of scene regarding Godfather 2. It's just my opinion, man. Keep watching the films. Con. Well, let's give this a go, shall we? Um, how well do you know Godfather 2? Is that short tree go and go for it? Is it Shawshank Redemption? That's uh, the number one film in IMDb. Is it? Yeah. I don't remember. What's the Eye of the Duck scene in Shawshank Redemption? The one that sums it all up? Yeah. I've seen it once, I don't remember. Well, it's... Is it the bit where he plays the music? I was thinking that, where he lays back and that encapsulates, really, the theme of it, get busy living or get busy dying, doesn't it? I Is mean, that the theme it. of... Well, that's what Red says, you know, get busy living oh, or I thought get busy joking. dying. I thought that was from a Spike Lee film. I know, I know, that's actually it. <laughs> For me, being one of the Brooks things, it might be when they're reading Brooks's postcard after he's committed suicide. Oh, really? And they go back and they're talking about him... Or when, when Morgan get Fre- busy dying. When Fre- Morgan Freeman yeah. sees that on the uh, on the wall, Brooke was here. Yeah, yeah. But that's not enough prison stuff in it, there really, is it? Well, maybe when he gets bummed by that bloke. Maybe that's what it's all about. Um, well, Alex had a very long day. He's had a long day. Um, he's a bit overtired. What about... OK, I'll go to another one. I've got the 250 list here. Yeah. Number four, The Dark Knight. Fuck off. The fourth best film of all time. Uh, let's have a look. Um, best Batman film. What's the eye of the duck of Pulp Fiction? Well, it's a short story, so that's very tricky. Get that one, isn't um, it's it? the uh, Watch Up the Bomb story. It's can't all the eye of the duck isn't literally looking up someone's bum. That's no, not the. I think that is the. That's the. Do moment. you think? Yeah. Why? Because it's Bruce Willis who ties all the stories together. Oh, I suppose he does, doesn't he? Yeah. So learning about Bruce. Does he? Yeah, he does. Bruce Willis. It's Bruce Willis that ties it all Bruce together. Bruce Willis isn't in the diner with Honey Bun and. Uh, that's John Travolta. It's John yeah. Travolta. Yeah, no, it's Samuel L. Jackson who ties them all together. No, isn't it? I think it's it, Bruce Willis is the person who ties all those stories together. He's the boxer that's thrown. I don't know who hasn't could, thrown yeah. the fight. 
Okay. Pulp Fiction is a very hard one. Very yeah, di- okay, we'll try a different one. one. Fight Club. Uh, is it the scene in the car park where he fights Tyler Durden? And those guys go, you're all right, man. No, I think it's the scene when he realises who Tyler Durden is. With the airline tickets in the drawer. Yeah, yeah. all that business. Because that's when you, that is when you realise... Okay, it's the, uh, where he says, who am I? And the guy says, sir, is this a test? Yeah. And he just goes, just answer the question. He goes, you're Tyler Durden. Yeah. All right, fine. That's what I'd say. It's an interesting question. It's, it's difficult it to to... Dilute, not dilute. Why don't you, you know. have a go at home? Yeah, have a send, go at home. Send in your emails and we'll read them out in approximately a month when we've forgotten about what the question was. That's Give me right. another one, Dave. Give me another one. Oh, you want another one? Okay, a film you've seen. Uh, okay, seven. Seven? Well, the thing is, a lot of them are the climax because that is the thing that Or ties, the big reveal. Or the big, big reveal. So for seven, it is the... Um, the is the what's in the box? The box yeah. What's in the box? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's the uh, the d- dinner party scene when they when they're talking because when Morgan Freeman realizes that he can talk to people again. Oh, that's nice. With... So you're saying it's the it's the scene where through frosted doors Brad Pitt wrestles with two dogs on a you know, <laughs> newspaper floor and they and they and they lift up their glasses when the train comes past and he says, "You're beautiful, vibrating home." Yeah. Uh, okay, that scene. That's the most nice. positive one. Well, that encapsulates what Morgan Freeman says at the end, which is... Uh, uh, Mil- Milton once wrote, the world is a wonderful place and worth saving. I agree with the second part. Um, uh, or in Seven, it's the one, for some reason, it was the one that sticks in my head is when they both go through the... Um, they find his den. Oh, yeah, yeah. that is interesting. Yeah, I yeah. Still they forget. break in, kick the door down, and find it, and he appears on the stairs. It's, there, it's a it's, shot, though. It's coming down to a shot. It is. It's it's the it's the holding the gun at his head when he's not looking in the box. I think that's the iconic moment. Yeah. From seven. Yeah. If you had to, where he's he's got. If you got some improvising, he's standing. To, he's standing over that. a man on his knees holding a gun to his head, yeah. and the man on his knees has all the power. Yeah, that's, just, that is what it's yeah. about. That's, yeah. So the idea that though, we talk about that is, does it mean it's iconic moment? It's a shot. That's right? iconic moment rather than a scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's enough. It's for interesting. That. Thank you, Connor. That's a good question. Do we though. have another letter, Mary? Yeah, from Matt Ray. Matt Ray. Subject: Warning, dear David, American buddy. I just wanted to warn you about the movie The Darwin Awards. I noticed this movie on Netflix and I've heard of the activity of the Darwin, Darwin Awards so I thought this would have a funny premise. But no, I lasted 10 minutes in this movie before turning it off and vowing never to watch it again. No direction, no effort, no thank you. Maybe this could be added to the never watch list like Diana and The Last Airbender. What else would you advise never watching? Also, after coming back from the holiday cruise ship Britannia... I'll come back from holiday, sorry. <laughs> the cruise ship Britannia has a great section of films. Carol, Spotlight, The Lady in the Van and Creed. I also enjoyed watching the series It's Kevin, featuring Phil Fandango's own Dave Reed. Hello. Great stuff, well worth a watch. Keep watching the films, Matt Ray. Thanks. Um, I mean, I think that is a harsh review after ten minutes to know it's a never-ever-watched film. But, well, after saying that, I did turn off Captain Corelli's Mandolin after 15 minutes. I didn't get through Ant-Man. I thought it was so boring. I absolutely could not get to the end of Ant-Man. It's very derivative. And I love Paul Rudd. You do, don't you? I really do, but I like him when he's being a romantic fop rather than (laughs) an ant. Some of the scenes in They Came Together are so funny, Mm -hmm. but the film is not good. But what they came to get is good not film. Great. Oh, it, it's a good out, film. It, it outstays its welcome, but it's got some incredibly good bits. Yeah. I'm looking on IMDb for my very worst uh, films. Isn't it that one with Mark Strong and James McAvoy? You hated. Welcome to the punch. Welcome to the punch. Welcome to the punch. The Sweeney. I absolutely hated. The Fifty First State. Not seen that. Not seen any of those. Um, I can't remember these. Uh, have you seen Antichrist? I hated that. Oh, Hostel Part 2. Oh, horrible. Hostel Part 2 is horrible. But Hostel Part 3 has quite a funny beginning. <laughs> the Golden really? Compass, I gave up on that. I found that so boring. Sounds boring. I hated The Lovely Bones. Not yeah. seen it. Wolf Creek, awful. 
Uh, I've got Hot Tub Time Machine, not very good. Yes. Where the Wild Things Are, gave that a two. Um, Marley and Me, didn't like it. What? It's great. I like Marley and Me. Up in the Air, starring George Clooney. N- not interested in seeing it. The Help is one of the most terrible adaptations of one of the most brilliant books. Uh, there's some of my worst ones. Uh, a Field in England I didn't like very much. Oh, I like that. I didn't really like A Field in England. I appreciated what it did, but I didn't think it was that interesting. Mm. Last Chance Harvey. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, Emma Thompson. Uh, Draft Day by Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah. I've heard that is incredibly boring. Transformers. The Lim- first one. Uh, Limitless. Transformers. Oh, Limitless is Limitless boring. is so dull. The idea of being given limitless potential. So Play you apply in stock market. So you apply for a job in an office. <laughs> it's so boring. Yeah. And a recent time, The Hobbit. Oh, that was terrible yeah, film. Terrible film. Terrible film. Um, Let's have John to read out. We'll have one more we've letter. Had, we've had quite a few letters in since our request. So if we don't read them out, apologies. It's just that we, we ev- we'll get everyone, to them. Yeah, everyone wrote in, and we really appreciate it, and we really like it. <laughs> you sounded very sincere there I thought that was good Hi guys, I have been thinking about alternative actors Who's this from? Oh, it's from um, Darren Rogers I was going to say his name at the end, but that's good Darren Rogers Hi guys, I have been thinking about alternative actors in famous roles And how a little part of me wishes we could see those roles come to fruition For example, Nicolas Cage was originally going to play the lead role in The Wrestler. He actually visited several wrestling shows to prepare for the role. I wish there was some footage available of him performing the role. Christopher Walken was apparently cast as Han Solo in Star Wars. Can you imagine his unique delivery as Credo? As he shoots Credo? Greedo. Greedo. I don't... um, I've only seen him once, sorry. Uh... What other roles have famously had other people attached to them that you would like to see clips of? Regards, Darren Rogers. That's a good question, Darren. Called Back to the Future is famous for having what's his name, the red-haired guy, yeah, yeah. Eric Stoltz. Eric yeah, Stoltz. And they did about a month of filming, and then. But do you want to see the Eric Stoltz version? That's what the question is. Do oh, I'm sort of happy with the Michael J. Fox version, really. Yeah. Um. It. Again, with uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, it was um, Stuart Townsend was sent home after a couple of days oh, pl- playing Aragorn. Oh, no. And he wouldn't have been right Imagine that. that being sent home. Oh, no. I know. Um, Le- uh, well, here's a few, and you can tell me whether you'd want to see this film or not. Sure. Liam Neeson as Lincoln in Lincoln. I would never. I never want to watch Lincoln again. It's terrible. Um, I I have no interest in seeing Lincoln. Okay. Um, I do like Link- if Lincoln, uh, if Lincoln's daughter gets kidnapped and he has to go and kills it, I definitely watch it. Um, uh, Jennifer Connelly as Veronica in Heather's, who is, is Winona Ryder's role. Oh no! I've never watched Heather's. It's oh, good. it's great. You mean to watch it? Really great film. film. No, that doesn't work for me. I prefer Winona Ryder. Okay, these have to be films we actually seen. Have you seen The Notebook? Uh, yes. Yeah. Was going to be Britney Spears instead of Rachel McAdams. Oh my Christ, that would have wow. been terrible. Oh. I love to see yeah, Spears. I, I sort of do want to see really that. I really want to see that. Okay. Uh, no, we haven't seen. The well, I don't really know that. Good. What the hell is this? Uh, in Batman Returns, Catwoman was originally going to be Annette Benning. Oh, Annette Benning would have been I good. I love Annette Benning. Yeah. Well, Michelle Pfeiffer is excellent. Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer, that's one of the sexiest. That and Wonder Woman. Uh, really nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice ladies. I like the ladies. Uh, well, um, the lead in Avatar uh, was offered to Matt Damon and he turned it down, before, so it went to Sam Worthington. Yeah. I think it should have been Matt Damon. I mean, Sam Worthington is... Pretty dull, but one of the blandest people. Yeah, wasn't isn't it famously uh, Sigourney Weaver takes all the roles that Meryl Streep turns down? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Meryl Streep was off. I don't know. Play. I think they go to. I think sci-fi's go to Sigourney Weaver first. Well, no, but but Alien was like she hadn't really done loads, so no. But now, oh, but now they so, do, yeah. But... Every sci-fi film wants mm. to cast Sigourney Weaver in it. You know, um, let's see some more of these. Tom Cruise in Footloose. Yeah, that would have been good. Is he a dancer? I think they, he's approved Love himself recently when he does that dancing in that, um, what's the... Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder, that he could have done it, but I do think Kevin Bacon's great. This one, oh my, it would be unwatchable. What? John Travolta 
as Forrest Gump. Oh my god, that sounds incredible! Wow. <laughs> Did they shoot any scenes? Uh, no, he passed. He passed on the role. He was offered it. Oh. Wow! That must have been straight after Pulp Fiction. Yeah, his yeah. I, I, I mean, that would have been... I don't think there's anything I want to see more in this world. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> Isn't it? Um, a few more. This is a fun Go game, on, right? Yeah. Johnny Depp in American Psycho. Uh, that wouldn't... Have, I, I, I think Christian Bale is brilliant in yeah. that. I, I'm He's happy really with his performance. Uh, let's see, what else? Reese Witherspoon is in Clueless. Yeah, it doesn't. She's it's funny, but a, it works. Too much of a jump. Who, really. is, who is in Clueless? It's Alicia, Alicia Silverstone. But she plays when she plays yeah, a legally she plays blonde. The same, same character. Yeah. Uh, Macaulay Culkin in Titanic. Wow. Yeah. As who? <laughs> As Rose. <laughs> As Rose would be brilliant. Yeah. Uh, now we're running out, aren't we? Let's see if there's one last good one. Uh, we all know about Tom Selleck in Indiana Jones. That's not that's not good. Uh, okay, Will Smith in The Matrix instead of Keanu Reeves. He sort of played that superhero character in that Hank, Hank, Hancock, and he plays action heroes and yeah, yeah. quite a few things. It's not too much of a yeah. I, mean, I, I like Keanu Reeves. I mean, that's it, a... Will Smith plays his action um, it's part very vanilla. I think. Yeah. It's odd. I, the, the trailer's for Suicide Squad that hasn't yet come out. Is he in that? Uh, he's, yeah, he's in it, but he's an ensemble player, which is a real step down for him. But he just has a quality to him where you do not believe him as a villain. He's a, he's a good guy. That's, mm. you know, he just is a wholesome guy. But if he can prove you wrong, then that's a really exciting Absolutely. But in the trailers, him. he looks Don't really nice. Don't nothing by a trailer, Dave. Oh, right, okay. That's what those dicks on Reddit did with Ghostbusters. Yeah, well, the Ghostbusters trailer, to be fair, not to, to be fair to those guys, but it it did not look funny. It was very poorly edited. You can really kill comedy with uh, with bad editing. Well, there's a fun game. Let's have one more quick letter. Cause okay. Uh, it's from Simon Kingsley Holmes. A film suggestion. Hello, just discovered the podcast, and I already love it. Here's a suggestion. My Iranian mate told me to watch this film. No one knows about Persian Cats by Batman Gabadi. It's a film about the underground Western music scene in Tehran, and all the bands have to play in secret there. It's funny, it's exciting, it's emotional, it's angry, and there's really good music, video, really great music video, but with this rapper having a go at God. I have a tin ear for rap, but the scene is amazing. Great podcast, keep going. So keep an eye out for that. No one knows about Persian cats. No one knows That's about really Persian good. cats. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, underground music scene in Tehran, and it's yeah. real. Is it a documentary, did you say? Uh, yeah. I don't know if yeah. it is a documentary. Sounded like it. Um, Okay, I love getting obscure film recommendations. It's the best bit about doing this. If you'd like to write to us, then go, you can do so on our website. Go to filmfandango.com and fill in the box there. And or write to dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. If you'd like to send us a virus, you need to attach it. <laughs> so then write to dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Um, Right, Danielle Wards. Mm -hmm. We asked you to recommend a film that we have to sit through, so oh, you chose one that's two and a half hours long. So thank is you for it that. Two and a half hours. Yes, long? it is. It really is. <laughs> uh, but would you like to tell us what that film is and why you chose it? I chose the 1968 Barbara Streisand film debut, Funny Girl. Funny Girl. And I chose it for well, I chose it because you wanted something off of Netflix that was easy for everybody to watch. Yes, please. And also a film that I really love, which I absolutely do. But a film that was a classic that I thought maybe you hadn't have seen. And I hadn't. And I hadn't. Have you seen boxes, it? No. I um. Oh God! I mean, I love this film so much because I love all of those sorts of films with all these amazing women. Like it's the same as A Star Is Born. I mean, it's basically the same film as A Star Is what's Born. A, what's a rough outline? Rough yeah, outline tell us what it's about. Uh, Mel Streisand plays Fanny Bryce, a young Jewish girl who is funny but also wants to be on stage. A real life, it's a real, real, real yeah. life story. It's yeah. a true story. Yeah. Um, she plays Fanny Bryce who um, wants to be on stage and she goes and joins the Stiegfried Follies which is a theatre troupe in New York and they realise that she is funny. So rather than making her do straight stuff, they make her be a comedian, basically. She's one of the earliest comedians. And um, she becomes incredibly famous, and she meets Omar Sharif, uh, Nikki Arnstein, also a real person, 
um, and they fall in love and get married. And but he's a gambler. He's a gambler, and he can't take the fact that his wife, who he loves, is so much more successful than him. And in the end, that is what drives him away. It's a love story, as you know, she's as she's on her uppers, he's on his downers, basically, yes. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's um, same as it's exactly the same story as the Star Is Born, really, which I also love. Omar Sharif, so handsome back then. Wasn't so he? handsome, and it was really it caused like loads of controversy because she's Jewish and he's Egyptian, and they, it was but it came out during the Six Days War, which was Israel, Israel and Egypt. Egypt. So yeah, it caused it, some right old tensions. Yeah, you some, can see a right that. ruckus. But that's a fascinating casting because on Omar Sharif in Lawrence Arabia, which I talked about last year, I wasn't really sold on him, and in this because in real life, Fanny Bryce's husband wasn't this sort of Egyptian bloke. No. In this, he adds, I mean, he's got a Jewish name, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, um, he adds something to this. He which is, is at, he yeah. Because I watched the first first 20 minutes, I thought, oh, God, this is going to be a film. <laughs> I hate a really sort of 60s, really music musical. I thought, oh, this is going to be awful. Then Omar Sharif comes on, and he just adds this different tension and this sadness to it, which is really... Their chemistry is great, isn't it's br- it? Their chemistry is brilliant. And, and I read that they... They actually had um, an affair that lasted the length of filming the film and was contributed to why um, Barbara, Barbara Streisand split up with Elliot Gould. Um, and uh, when she's singing her sad song at the end, My Man, um, the director made Omar Sharif stand in the wings watching her because their own relationship had fallen apart at that stage just to imbue it with extra feeling. Um, that, I, that could all be bullshit, of course. Yeah. It, that could all just be early PR from the 60s. But they do have real chemistry, and that's what it's about. It's there's, there's, it's an old style of film of, of show, don't tell. Do you know what I mean? They are just people living their lives, and the scenes are still engaging. But it is the story is told by chemistry and tensions it's not told by people explaining what's happening in their lives I love those slow epic films it is an epic but it's only about a love affair that's what's amazing about it but most of those big epics I mean they've got yeah and I guess the thing is it hasn't got the backdrop that you get in Cleopatra or Gone with the Wind but I think the reason it's so beautiful it looks beautiful Barbara Streisand looks incredible throughout this film um, even though she like is uh, by her own admission a weird looking Jewish girl, but she looks so You're stunning. Beautiful. Yeah, I think the thing that I love is you can just sort of it's one of those films that you can really relax into. And if I particularly really love those big epics, like I, I've watched Gone with the Wind twice, like end to end. I think it's so such a lush film to get involved in. And you just but what you're watching is, is performers at the height of their fame and the height of their charismatic powers doing something on screen that is very rare to see these days mm. and I think that's why I find it such a beautiful romantic film Barbara Streisand is absolutely incredible yeah yeah she's brilliant it's the first film that she'd made I, I mean, that, she's a big theatre actor that is incredible that her first film is so I mean she can do it she can sing and you can see why she's such a massive star you think oh my god you can you can do everything. She's got a reputation for being um, a diva. And when the director was asked, was it difficult working with Barbara Streisand, he said, uh, it, it was, uh, she, Barbara did well considering it was her directorial debut. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. It, no, I mean, it, I really enjoyed it. I thought I, what, like Marek at the beginning, I was like, oh God, it's one of these but no it, it, it got me it really did. and there were so many of the songs that I already knew really well and didn't realise they'd come from this it's one of those films that um, it's one of those films that I've seen a, a number of times because I can just I can just put it on and I know like it's like reading a, a book that envelops you it's just it's one of like um, A Funny Girl and A Star Is Born and cabaret at those films that mm. I'm just like I just put on and watch these amazing women in these tragic stories. I love I love those sorts of films. It feels that it's very of its time. It feels that those films don't really get made so much anymore. But they wouldn't get made because they, I mean, like I I can sit through two and a half hours of Funny Girl and not think anything of it. But the thought of sitting through what is it three hours of um, uh, Interstellar just makes me go. Oh, I don't. I just don't fancy it because I know 
I know what I'm getting into with one of these classics. I know it's a beautiful long story that is going to look lush and it's going to be like it, there's so much focus on Barbara Streisand and Omar Sharif. There might as well be no one else in this film. It I, might as well just be those. I know it's a romantic story, but there's also a romance to the filmmaking of it. Yeah, you know what I mean? The yeah. period and the costumes and all of that, and that you. A romance you don't usually feel with science fiction. <laughs> you just go, oh, going to a desolate rock alone, wearing an outfit. That, what's the um, what's the one with the guy stuck by himself and with all the plants? Oh, Silent Running. Silent That's got a running. romance. That's too. really romantic. Yeah. In in that sort of uh, yeah, romantic sense, cinema. Yeah. It, I think that it makes you feel like you're going to the theatre and watching a film at the same time. Yeah. Because and some of the. The set pieces of the musicals. I would have hated it when I was younger, but now I think this is brilliant. The costumes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are inc- when she's the most beautiful girl in the world. What is it? The song. I remember, what is it? The, 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 oh, when the she's, wedding. Yeah, the wedding. Yeah. And the one who's to, but they're great. And at the end, uh, but uh, what was I going to say? I found myself guilty because it's quite a long film. There's quite some slow bits. I did that thing where I was Wikipediaing quite a lot during the film. Because it's so, of a certain age, you go, oh, so and so's in it. You end up getting. Yeah, yeah. I found myself looking at the real story about uh, Fanny Bryce and what happened and their pictures. And the more you know about the real story, I think the more you enjoy the the film itself. I don't know what point we're going to make. Oh, I was trying to make them, it's but it was very good. much a. Um, it's a Sunday afternoon film, mm. or it's uh, I'm feeling a bit ill and I want to watch something, or. Um, I've done all my Christmas shopping. What shall I watch on Christmas Eve? For me, it's that sort of film. It's a grandma film. For me, the, like films my grandma would have watched. Just love, and also the the sequel, which got panned when it came out. The sequel, Funny Lady. I mean, it's not. I mean, it isn't Funny Girl. It isn't as good as Funny Girl, but it's still really good. It's James Khan as um, Danny Rose, and oh, there's a really famous song in that one as well that he wrote. Don't. Uh, oh, it's not. Don't stop me now. No, don't stop believing. I'm getting it confused with Don't Run Away for Rage, in the first one. Yeah, anyway, right. it's got, like it's it's such a. Don't you think the original Fanny Bryce, the actual Fanny Bryce, I should say, looks quite like Katie Hopkins? Oh my god, she really does. Did you, I looked up um, lots of Fanny Bryce footage on YouTube, while, yeah. and I paid a little bit. I paused it and watched a bit of Fanny yeah. Bryce, which is quite strange to do. How how is she? How she's funny is Fanny as, Bryce? Uh, she's more of a stupid style comedian than the glamour. Right. She doesn't seem to have the glamour of Barbara Streisand in yeah. this. I mean, Barbara Streisand's comic timing is great. She's really—I mean, it's very—it's a very—it's very Jewish. It's like a Jewish yeah, yeah. show. That does annoy. That sort of thing does annoy me a little bit. That uh, sounds really racist. <laughs> just the, very the sort of back chat. The, the swan sort of, scene, the swan dance is always a bit. She's laying it on a bit thick in that one. Yeah, always sort of sort of, yeah, really yeah. typical sort of Woody Allen type dialogue. I mean, yeah. oh, shut up. <laughs> Just talk like a normal person. That does sound a little. That is a bit. Yeah, that sounds a little. Um, I so yeah, the, I also love the follow-up, but um, I've not seen Hello Dolly. Uh, but um, another wonderful Barbara Streisand film, which isn't really a musical, and I think is my favourite Streisand film, which I would have chosen had it been on Netflix, is The Way We Were, which again is, um, it's got a couple of songs in it, but it's not a musical, and it's Barbara Streisand and Robert Redford, and they fall in love, and um. And he, and again, it's the same story. She becomes this political activist and he wants a quiet life and he can't deal with how strong a personality she is. So has. all of her films is men can't deal with Barbara Streisand. Well, is yeah, 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 yeah. That's Actually, the genre. Honest, it is a bit like that. She's in a really good one with um, Jeff Bridges as well. The Mirror House Two Faces, which what I really What was like. that one we were made to watch? Um, <laughs> the, what's Paul up, Litchfield. Doc? Yeah, What's Up, Doc? That was the one. That's you remember crazy. that? crazy. That is, is very weird. Very weird film. It's enjoyable, actually. I, I enjoyed. I by accident watched her, and who's the um, the comedian? Who's the Seth Rogen? When they're she's his mum. Oh. They go on a driving, and yeah. it was on. I thought, what's it um, called? I'll look it up. You is keep it step, talking. No, it's not Step Monster. That's Jane Fonda. It, it, Fonda. it is really enjoyable. Is it? Because Barbara Streisand is so good, yeah. and Seth Rogen's good as well, and they've got some sort of chemistry. It, I found it. My expectations were so low, and you thought, oh, what is this going to be? And I really found it um, quite... Um, the su- guilt trip. Yes. Surpri- it looks like it's awful, but it's surprisingly enjoyable. There are, it's just something about those... And I, this is why I think I can watch any Tom Cruise film, because I think he has this, that sort of ridiculous charisma of someone who has just been told that they are a movie star, and they 
I just think but he can only yeah, he can that. only function in that format. If he's on any chat show, mm. he yeah. does not work as a human being. But I don't think Barbara Streisand is great at being chat. I don't think she'd be that good on Alan Carr either. I've I heard she had a shopping mall in her basement that needs to be staffed by full staff members in case she wants to go shopping. Uh, like it's got a KFC oh, down no, there. It's got a high rack. I mean, it's ridiculous, but. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's my big two. Have we ever talked? Have we talked about? Because I lent you. A I do big before. twos after KFC. Yes, did you watch it? Well. No, I never. Wa- I didn't watch the start of it. I never watched all because of it. Because it's a similar sort. of... I mean, a Star Is Born is um, better than. I don't get. I love Funny Girl. The thing about the reason that Star Is Born is so brilliant is because the ending is so sad, <laughs> and so it's a real proper beautiful and it's the same story as a woman who um she's starting out in the theatre business and she meets this man and he's also it's james mason in the star is born and judy garland though there's a remake with chris christopherson and barbara streisand but it's not as good because they're pop stars um so judy garland's starting out in theatre james mason's like i can help you let's kind of you know and they hook up and she becomes this mega star in james mason's career i think he's a gambler as well really slides like the artist yeah, it's a bit like the artist actually. Yeah. Is that the story of the artist? Yeah, yeah, I suppose it is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, silent films and then yeah. 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 But it's um, it, it's just it's such a classic. I just love it. I, well, there you go. I found it fine. It a different watch that reinforced my respect for Barbara <laughs> Streisand and made me found newfound respect. for for Omar Sharif I love Omar Sharif he would have been a good Bond wouldn't he's he he's one of the men that you sort of love as he's one you can have man crushes on Omar Sharif a role model Ryan Gosling Omar Sharif have you seen Dr Zhivago I've seen it it's been on the TV about a thousand minutes. times and I've seen different scenes of him trudging around in the world. it's one of those obviously it's another epic yeah have you seen the parole officer <laughs> he's not in that is yes, he yes he is is he he's his mentor guy who's that super thief do you remember? Do I you really remember enjoyed the Omar Sharif Super Thief. I really enjoyed the Prole Officer. <laughs> so did I. The Steve Coogan thing. Yeah, yeah. Massively underrated film. It's really yeah. funny. Yeah. Stanley it's Stanley Graffian's very funny. He regrets doing the most. I think it's really... Which, which, is, which it. is wrong, because he should regret Hamlet 2 the most. <laughs> you enjoyed Hamlet 2. Oh, not much. It's weird, isn't yeah, it? it's really weird. It's really weird. Anyway, um... Well, I think that's enough for this week. Yeah. Uh, Danielle Ward, thank you for joining us once more. Is there anything you'd like to plug before you leave this place? Well, you ask. Um, yeah, I am taking a show to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, uh, and it's called Seventeen, and it's just it's just some stand up and some stupid songs. There's a song about Graham Chapman's ghost, which is my favourite bit. No, my favourite bit of the show is where I describe an episode of Friends, <laughs> often to silence. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, so that's at two forty every day at the Just the Tonic Caves, and it only costs six pounds and if you're under 21 you can buy pound uh, tickets for a pound from the just the tonic box office right 240 every day just the tonic caves well there you go if you'd like to see danielle ward then head on up to edinburgh um the only thing left for me to say is that we do this for free so if you'd like to donate towards our running costs go to filmfandango.com and hit the donate button and everyone who has thank you very much we will be back next week talking about yet more films but in the meantime Keep watching the films!